0: When you look at the burden of disease that afflicts our communities and particularly in advanced communities in the US and Australia are in common with this, the, the epidemic of, of, uh, of obesity in particular, we're going to single that out, but, but really if you look at all of the causes of, of death and mortality, uh, some the majority, the top five causes of death are and, and, mor- and morbidity, uh, sickness, are due to lifestyle, which means that we are ignoring our fundamental biology. We're, we're blind to the fact that we, we evolved needing inputs to our health and what we, what we do with our health now is we ignore what our bodies really need.
1: Helping people build ambitious and satisfying careers, businesses, and lives. This is the Influence Ecology podcast. Now, here is your host, John Patterson. Good
2: morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I am your host, John Patterson, the co-founder and CEO of Influence Ecology. We are the leading business education in transactional competence. Broadcasting from Ojai, California, this is the podcast for you, the ambitious professional who simply wants an advantage. Now know you won't settle for an ordinary life. You want real results, real satisfaction not just at work, not just in your career, but in every area of your life. Our primary feature today is an interview with Dr. Gary Ward, who's been a family physician and GP for 30 years. He and his wife, Claire, live in Perth, Western Australia, and he's been a member with Influence Ecology since 2013. Gary speaks about how the programs of Influence Ecology are based on a fundamental understanding that we human beings are biological, linguistic, and transactional and how we seem to get into trouble when we forget that. Gary does a great job of pointing out the ways in which we disregard our biology, that somehow in our conceit and our entitlement, we have come to think that somehow we're just above it, that we forget that we're simply an organism in an environment. In our guru talk today, we'll listen in on a webinar where we hear co-founder Kirkland Tibbles talk about our ancient brain and how we are programmed to respond to threats in the heat of some of life's most important transactions. Gary, I'm so happy to have the opportunity to spend time with you. It's
0: great to be here, John.
2: Well, take a second, if you would, and uh, introduce yourself.
0: I'm Gary Ward. I've just turned 65 years of age. I feel like I'm starting a whole new phase of my life, rather than retiring and winding down. and, and that's really, you know, thanks to the study I've been doing with, with you, John, you and Kirkland. Uh, I'm married to Claire. Uh, Claire and I have four children. Um, Sophie, uh, married to a musician, grandson. Uh, daughter Gemma, also got a daughter, um, and two uh, twin boys, age 25, and they live here in Perth. Gemma's in Sydney, and Sophie's living in Ohio, as it happens. So, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's a that's that's a little about me.
2: So that people get a sense of y- you and your life. Is there anything that you want to say? Just uh, taking a look here at some of your your uh, things that are worth bragging about. Uh, maybe where you attended school. Uh, rowing, uh, I mean you have, some, you have some pretty remarkable things that have happened in your life.
0: I, I have, um, yeah I've been very fortunate. So I'd, I, I grew up on a, on a wheat and sheep farm in rural Western Australia. Um, Dad was obviously a farmer and mum was a nurse. Uh, went to boarding school in Perth, the capital city of Western Australia, um, won a scholarship to university. Uh, decided I didn't want to be a farmer um, uh, did initially did a science degree in uh, majoring in zoology uh, and you know really appreciated the learning about uh, the evolutionary history of uh, biological forms on the on the earth um, and then decided that I wanted to have more opportunities I guess and so I, I went into medicine did a science degree in sensory physiology on the way through uh, medicine, halfway through medicine, did a Bachelor of Medical Science and uh, this was a year that I was rowing, uh, attempting Mm. to get to the Olympics, just missed out on getting to the Olympics, I was an Australian champion on a couple of occasions here. Um, uh, but So combining rowing and studying, I was fortunate enough to get first-class honours in my research year and then Um, following that year went back to back to complete my medical degree and i've worked in a in a holistic medical clinic and developed a a, my career and was lucky enough to um, to be regarded highly and i have some some wonderful patients i am now the the doctor for many of the my medical colleagues who taught me in medicine so it was. Uh, it's. I have this great privilege to to um, to to give something back to the community.
2: First of all, I, I have the the privilege of uh, of not only working with you and our programs, but uh, you and I are friends, and and Claire and and I are friends as well, and and uh, love the opportunity to get to talk with you. I my first question. I'm trying to think back to when you first heard about us. Okay. And I think it was uh when I came to perth is that is that correct
0: i I actually can't remember who led the first um, presentation but uh, i I came to one open training and was intrigued mm-hmm. and um Actually, I think it might have been you, John. Yeah, and and I thought, hey, you know, the material's interesting. And then um, <laughs> I, I went away and just kind of, you know, mulled over what the opportunity was. And I spoke to a couple of other people who who'd done uh, the fundamentals of transaction, and and everyone I spoke to said it's. Been incredibly beneficial to me so I was even more intrigued so the next time you came back I uh, made putting my application straight away and I think we got to know each other a little better so
2: you've been studying with us for three or four years now and I know you're uh, not just a fan of what we do but you're you're uh, quite a fan of what we do
0: how come <laughs> yes it's oh, a really good question I've been a, a a seeker I think for most of my adult life for for how to fulfill one's potential and how to live a really great life. And, and I, I actually don't know why that is so, but I think it is just how... You know how I am. I've been, I've, I've searched for how to be better, how to accomplish more, how to make more of a difference. And at the time that I heard about influence ecology, I had a sense of some other kind of potential that I, that I had, that that I wanted to explore some more. And and then, so having discovered influence ecology, I it was like leaping into a whole new domain of of learning and a whole new Sense of what it is to be human, so the this you know the, it it really fitted for me that the, the distinctions that that you and Kirkland talk about that he, that we are fundamentally you know, biological entities, and I knew that I all of my training in medicine had trained me in the in the intricacies and the complexity and the beauty and miracle of us as as biological. You know, in, in part, how come we get into so much strife because we, we, we don't understand that we're transactional. That that much of the time, you know, the, the breakdowns in relationship and the breakdowns in 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 your health and the breakdowns in your ability to to have a, a financial stability, all stem from a, a a kind of an ignorance about the that we're actually transacting and to attempt to simply self-act or you know act on your own as if you're an individual on an isolated island is is unworkable and and to try and force outcomes by you know thinking that you can dominate someone you know other people in a relationship or in the financial world then you also fail so, to see that we're we're actually reciprocal it just was another opening into what it means to be human that opened up a whole other world of richness for me to study and to play in and to, and to examine. And so I see so much potential for this education to transform the world, you know, transform me and my relationship with Claire, with my children, with my patients, with my work. So it's, it's such a holistic perspective that I, I loved it. Um, and 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 love keeping That's on right. exploring it.
2: One thing I'd like to ask you, especially since we do have a doctor with us, the doctors in the house. Um, when we say <laughs> we're biological we we say that for a lot of different reasons. Um, and for each of those fundamentals, biological, linguistic, transactional, fundamentally what we what we seek to do is have people. I think you said it this in some way, but that they, when they're not accounting for those things, they screw up. Um, mm. they, they make a mess. Um, mm. And so as a doctor, <laughs> when mm. you see people disregard their biology, uh, somehow think that they're above their biology, somehow separate themselves from being an, an animal in an environment... Uh, any words of wisdom about that big mistake
0: oh um, it's everywhere when uh, when you look at the burden of disease that afflicts our communities and particularly in advanced communities in the US and Australia in common with this the the epidemic of of uh of obesity in particular if we're going to single that out but but really if you look at all of the causes of of death and mortality the top five causes of death are and and more and morbidity like sickness are due to lifestyle which means that we are ignoring our fundamental biology we're we're blind to the fact that we we evolved Needing inputs to our health, and what we what, what we do with our health now is we ignore what our, our bodies really need. It's 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 very clear that you know pe- people respond with their with their emotions and what their desires, and they get swept up in what the advertising industry, and the food industry, and the entertainment industry say we should do, which is sit in front of televisions. So is making it very simplistic, but sit in front of television and consume. Um snack foods and we 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 ignore our fundamental biology at our peril
2: so you've talked a little bit about uh you know in your notes you do talk about the the thinking that now guides you and so it sounds like you're you're much more you're much clearer about your aims and how you're out to accomplish what it is that you that you uh think would satisfy you um is there anything you want to say about what's now guiding your thinking and and what's shaping where you're headed into the future you're you're sixty five and you seem quite excited about the future <laughs> yes. um, what's guiding your thinking about that
0: well it, it, what we're up to as as human beings with working with each other is solving problems for each other and the most um most enterprises uh, stem from you applying your knowledge to an area of people's lives that's a problem for them. And sometimes they don't even know that it's a problem. But um, but what we do is is provide a service that solves a problem for people. So that's the context. But yeah, the, one of the biggest problems in the health industry is that thing that I was talking about before, that people know what they should do to live a healthy life. Most people know, not everyone, but most people know that there are some simple steps to take care of your health, but people don't do it for a whole variety of reasons. And so the the major problem with, I think, with uh, health industry is that there isn't a structure for people to get clear about their health goals design the actions that need to be taken, and then be supported to do them. So uh, I see an opportunity to create, uh, rather than have the medical industry fix people up at the end of the line, you know, which we're very good at, but maybe to engage people a little bit more closely in building wellness, is it? To, to build their health, to engage people in, in a process of building health. So I'm up to creating... A program that brings the uh, some awareness to the to the whole ecology of people's health, uh, the influences from outside, the motivation from the inside, the you know, all of that, that domain of 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 uh, willpower, um, and and using support of other people to 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 build health and to get people clear about that. Um, the first thing I'd like
2: to know is, is uh, I I can't imagine. When I think about the entire ecology of the medical profession, it includes doctors, it includes the Medical, uh, excuse me, the pharmaceutical companies. It includes the insurance companies. It includes it includes all those different things. And and there's an ecosystem of interdependence and and so forth that would keep some of these things in place. Uh, it's a little bit yes. like trying to go from fossil fuels to uh, solar energy or something. When uh, plugging in your car isn't always the easiest thing if you can't find a plug, but I can always find a mm. gas station. You know, have you have you dealt with any Struggles about the way in which the system is now hard to move in some other directions. Do you find people are looking for this new direction? Are there lots of people looking for this new direction? What What are you finding about that whole ecosystem and and moving in the way you want to?
0: You know, but I, I think that whole ecosystem that you describe has kind of brainwashed people into thinking that there's got to be a magic pill there's got to be some simple and easy easy answer to to my problem so hence you know, the pharmaceutical companies you know find pills that try and deal with it but i over and over and over the the all of the evidence over the last 50 years in fact has demonstrated that that the things that you know, there, there are simple things that make a difference in preventing illness. So to answer, I think the question was, you know, do I find a great demand for it? Well, I, I, mean, I think there are lots of people who are doing different things. So, so there are lots of people now, particularly in Australia, doing a lot more exercise. So the gym industry is, is, is you know, is flourishing. So people join gyms, people are out cycling or walking. P- people are engaged in their health and they know that it's important. But I don't think there's a coordinated, you know, holistic perspective on all of the influences. So, you know, for most people it's a surprise that they don't get enough sleep. For some people it's a surprise that, that um, you know, that stress uh, and taking some time out to relax and wind down is important. Um, people are confused about what nutrition they should engage in. So. You know, there's 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 about five or six different fad diets out there at the moment that people, you know, get confused and overwhelmed with. Well, which one should I should I do? Which one should I participate in? So, you know, whilst I think there is some demand or some um, some seeking of what's going to give us the best health, there's a there's a lot of confusion out there, and I I think the program of taking one step at a time, being focused taking on some specific actions it, it, you know, is the thing that's going to make a difference
2: and is that then the design of the, the building wellness program
0: yeah the, the, the design is is to is to, is to really find out the other thing is people don't really know what their risks are and if you if you wake people up to the fact that there's a there may be a genetic risk when you so when we when we engage with people in this process we do a comprehensive health assessment take a snapshot of what the facts are right now, what is likely to happen in the future then, with our knowledge of biological systems we can make a pretty good prediction of what might happen to someone if they're a particular weight and got a particular level of cholesterol we can make a pretty good prediction of what's, what's likely to happen and then, and then if people are ambitious enough then you can design actions to take goals to set that will avert those risks
2: You know, we said at the beginning of this podcast, we're biological, linguistic, and transactional. So biological, here's what that means to me. It means to me that I'm an animal. I'm a critter, as Kirkland says. I live in the world, and when it gets cold outside, I get cold. And when it rains, I get wet. And when viruses pass through the social networks that I'm a part, I I may or may not get sick, but I'm certainly susceptible. And I'm not. Above my biology, regardless of what I might think.
0: Um, oh my goodness! It's you know even even that that notion of of a you know a self acting individual saying, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know focus on my immune system and I'm gonna I'm gonna boost my own immune system. There may even be some validity in that to to adopt a narrative of of of. Of positivity about your own system may actually have an impact, but for me, that's it's it's not um, it's tied in with the linguistic nature of being human, and sometimes where you get the linguistic narratives from are from other people. So you can you can you can still transact for ideas. You know, we're, we're not simply a, a mechanistic biological machine. In, you know, from one respect we are, we put in nutrients and absorb them and so on and so on. We are you know, at one level, it looks like we're a, simply a, a biological machine, but it's so linked to, our, to the narratives we have about ourselves and the narratives we pick up from others and i and i think what you know what we pointed to before is the the narrative about health in our modern society actually ignores the complexity of those interactions and that's mm-hmm. the that's the naivety of of it all um that if if we're awake to the fact that our ideas and narratives about our health come from others they come from people who who are out there without any regard for your biology? There are people out there who have, you know, maybe not deliberately attempting to kill you by selling you cigarettes or or sugary food. That's not their intention to kill you with with all of that. They're just they're just out to have a, uh, you know, to make some money. But um, you know, if, if if you're awake to the to the, that kind of ecology, you can go, well, no, I, I, I decline your offer of help to satisfy my taste buds right now or, or to, yep. to have, a, have a cigarette because I need to deal with my stress. It, to see ourselves embedded in a complex set of transactions that we are in a reciprocal relationship, We're in a, we, we can affect our environment and the environment does affect us. And to ignore that is, uh, is, is, is to be simply naive or, or arrogant
2: one thing i just in in thinking aloud one thing that i know is that you you a lot of people have have come uh, and found out about us or, or begin to study with us because of you what are you telling these people
0: in in my 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 work as a doctor i obviously have people come to me with with problems uh, you know mm. obviously and but what i what i hear when when I listened, when I you know really get in and listen to people's problems, often they'll yeah you know, they might come with a headache, but if you dig a little deeper, the source of the headache is a breakdown in their relationship, or it's some stress with their career or their boss or their workplace, uh, and it's and it's so common that that people are struggling with with life, with uh, the many aspects of their life, and. So I often see the opportunity to say to people, there, there is a way to satisfy or to, to live a really satisfying life in every area of your life with, with some education. So, I, um, but I, do, I say to people, look, if, if money is the biggest issue or if your career is a big issue for you, um, I, I know some place where you can learn How to take the steps to get clear about what you really want in that area of your life. Take the steps and learn how to how to accomplish that in a in a really ethical, satisfying, multifaceted way to to live a wonderful, satisfying life without hurting other people around you, but by helping other people around you at the same time. And I I just so you know that that's. That's a little bit of what I say to people. That's and I tell great. them, I, I kind of tell them it's fascinating. You find it all about your own personality and you, you get to love the, the, the positives of your own personality and the, and the negatives of your own personality. And you get to be able to take care of those things that don't work about your personality. You know, for mm. me to discover that, you know, my biggest asset was my ego and my biggest liability was that as well. It enables me to take care of that to some degree. So no, I, you know, I, 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 so that's that's often what I what I tell people. If you want to live a really great, satisfying life, then do this. Uh, the benefits that I see flowing from learning about how to transact for for money and career, the, the this transactional model flows out so beautifully into health, the quality of your relationships, the 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 the, the knowledge that's going to make a difference to your life generally the, the ability to be clear about the legacy you want to leave as you get older so all that there's so much embedded in this education to do with well-being and relationships and um, you know all, all of that as as, as as well as knowing that you can make money by helping other people and not by <laughs> not by um, manipulating them and and uh, and tricking them and you know all all of that that nasty interactional <laughs> way of dealing with yeah. dealing with the world of money and transactions. So, um,
2: that's great. Well, for those people that are listening, and if you're not clear about what we offer, you know, uh, we we do focus on a transactional approach to satisfying many conditions of life. A condition of life is an, an immutable or unavoidable situation that you must satisfy, or or you'll suffer. And we began in the Fundamentals of Transaction program with a focus on work, career, money, and health because those four, if not tended to, threaten everything else. And in our advanced programs, then we begin work on all the conditions of life uh, because we are committed that people who participate uh, with us for a while, they're they immersed in the structure and the practice and with a bunch of really smart and great people all around the world to help them live that kind of life. And, and so many of these podcasts are including people who've been around for a long time and, and are living that way. And, and I appreciate you pointing to that. It, it is the commitment of this enterprise that people live ambitious and satisfying lives. All of it. So um uh, I appreciate you you pointing to that.
0: And the other the other most brilliant thing about participating in this education is 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 meeting other people who who you know are, are just so lovely. I, I don't I can't say it any other way but to you know to meet people like Angela and Marcus and and you know all of the people that we've met, and Troy, and and you know you and Kirkland, just an incredibly wonderful group of people. So if 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 ever people are disheartened about the state of the world and fall into some despair about human <laughs> beings not being good to each other, there's, there's uh. something about this. Ecology, this this group of people that you know brings me to tears about how wonderful they are and how much you know you you all, <laughs> the the people you've built with this ecology, John, and is people loving each other and wanting to help each other and and, and, and build a world that truly works. You know, and I I love that. I love the people that I've met through influence ecology and. It's like I found my found my tribe, and I think it is, and, and the tribe is not, ex, you know, exclusive. It's not to to say that everyone else is, you know, rotten and bad. It is that at the heart of all of us human beings is a desire to help each other and, and want to be helped. And to, to discover that connection, I think it gets to the heart of what it is to be human, which is really that we love each other, down <laughs> deep down. We we do love each other and want to help each other, and we want to be helped. So, I, you know, that's that's what I love about this ecology as well.
2: All right. I think that's a great place for us to, to call it a day. Gary, mm. it's always great to talk with you. Uh, thank you so much for all that you've contributed to us and to everyone else that's listening in today. Uh, I deeply appreciate it.
0: You're very welcome, John.
2: So many great lessons from Dr. Gary Ward. I've included a link in the show notes to both Rockaby GP and Influence Medical. It's also worth noting that his wife Claire, they met studying at the University of Cambridge in England, is also in medicine, and together they share many passions, including a lovely French farmhouse in western France. I was very privileged to be married there in 2015 and highly recommend staying there if you get a chance, or if you want to get married there. It is picturesque. I'll also include a link for that in the show notes. As I said earlier, in our guru talk, we're going to listen in on a webinar where we hear co-founder Kirkland Tibbles talk about our ancient brain and how you and I respond to threats in the heat of some of life's most important transactions. This is a recording from a webinar on what he calls the lizard, monkey, and adult brain. This is not a science lecture, in fact, This talk is only to illustrate a simplified model we teach to orient ourselves to our ancient biological reactions to our physical and social environments, and how we might deal with others as we transact to satisfy some of the most important conditions of our lives. I should note that we're only giving you a portion of the lecture on the lizard brain, and we'll look for ways to give you more about the monkey or adult brain in future podcasts. But the simple point is this we are first and foremost our biology disregard that fact at your own peril
3: yeah i want you to think about um your brain as having developed in three very specific ways and just for uh the sake of an orientation a way to frame this entire conversation I want you to think in terms of three brains that you actually think with three separate brains now before we go any further um, this is not going to be a brain science presentation in fact it's going to be an oversimplification of the construct of how human beings tend to address situations on an ongoing moment-by-moment, day-by-day, year-by-year basis. This is by, by no stretch of the imagination intended to be anything that should be qualified as scientifically accurate to the point that you should uh, expect that anyone who has even a basic grasp of how the brain functions in the complex ways that it does that this would somehow qualify. This is fully intended to be an orientation for how to deal with the situations of our lives and the conditions of our lives on a day-to-day basis. And this this particular orientation is an orientation that's given uh, by uh, a group of folks who, in the 70s, led by a guy by the name of Paul McLean, the National Institutes of Health, and a whole bunch of folks from models and studies from the mid 50s through to the 70s, when this particular kind of model was developed and presented, that basically posits that the human brain has developed over millions of years in three basic stages. Now, uh, the more I researched this, the more I studied it, more modern, and I mean the most recent and modern studies are really throwing cold water over this notion in terms of its um, specificity, its accuracy in terms of how the brain actually evolved and developed, but on a very general and basic level this is accurate that a very long time ago our brain developed and it began very simple and over time it added in its evolution and it selected in its uh, in its uh, evolution specific qualities and traits and skills, and we as human beings began to evolve and as evolution selected traits and qualities and skills and DNA did what it did and cells turned right and the environment did what it did, we developed at a very highly functioning level what is now our current brain. But this particular model is very simple in and very useful if you first give me the opportunity to qualify it and recognize that though the brain likely developed in some model like this, this is a gross oversimplification of it, and that's how we intend it. We intend it to be a simple dialogue about the brain and how it has developed in three specific stages. Why? Because it has been very useful for those of us who have adopted this model and utilized it over the years in dealing with people in transactions as they occur moment by moment, day by day, year by year, and on. So this is basically what we're saying, that the brain has developed in three stages over the years and that the very first stage, the very first stage of brain development was was the stage that was built for and meant to handle our survival as an individual organism and as a species. They called this the reptilian brain. They refer to it as things like the lizard brain, the croc brain, the reptile brain, the the early or or young or old brain, ancient brains, and so forth. So this very first stage is really just intended to be the capsule that represents the oldest part of our brain that we're going to call the lizard brain. The mammalian brain, or the second stage, is really what encapsulates most of what is known as the limbic system, although the more research I did, the more I found out that quite a bit of the lizard brain has got pieces that should be you know, considered in the limbic system, and the limbic system also encompasses some of the more, uh, the more modern brain. So for our purposes, we're going to think about this second developed stage as the stage of the brain that deals mostly with our emotional being, our sociality, we as a social being, and this is considered the mammalian brain. Now, I have, I have purposely called it the monkey brain, for our purposes in our study of transactional competence, and you'll see why here in just a minute. So this second stage is intended to be the part of the brain that developed to handle our sociality, to handle our ability to socialize with others, and to adapt and to relate to objects in some meaningful way. And this is the seat of our emotional understanding and our being. And then finally, the youngest aspect of our brain that developed last in this third stage is the, is the neocortex or what we call the adult brain. And this is where high complex problem solving, subjectification, uh, reasoning, rationalization, justification, uh, the need for details, the adult brain, the neocortex is developed. So this is the basic model that we're going to be framing and what I want you to begin to think from. That we have three particular modes or operating brains, and one of them is the lizard brain, that most ancient one who's concerned with survival. The second one is our million or monkey brain, which is the second stage, which is really you can think of emotions and people. It's the best way to think about the monkey brain. And then finally, the neocortex, which is the adult brain. This is the final stage, the youngest stage and the stage intended to deal with highly complex problem solving. Now there's lots of pictures that you can find on the internet and in your research. I, I particularly like this one because it tends to aim it in the direction that of this particular narrative. You can see that this particular diagram shows that, that uh, the, the reptilian brain sits deep inside the brain. It sits right on top of the spine and is that old developed piece that a little bit like the sea squirt you may remember from, uh, from our studies uh, in, uh, in, in FOT and, and other, other studies that the, the survival mode deep inside is uh, the place where information enters first. Then the limbic system is uh, in the, the, the next region of the brain, which deals with feelings and emotions. And then finally, the neocortex, the more familiar shape and look of the particular brain. All right, let's talk about the lizard brain. The first thing you should know is that the lizard brain is the gatekeeper of all information, sensories, the senses are attuned to, listening, akin to, on alert, lookout. It's a gatekeeper that's millions of years old. And there's a a wonderful argument online about just how old it is, but there's no doubt that a long, long time ago, millions of years ago, in ancient times, this particular brain was the the forerunner of our current modern brain. And so why is it important for you to know that this particular brain that we're talking about, our lizard brain, is millions of years old? This is why. It's been around for a very long time very long time, it's really good at what it does, it is ancient, it is old, and it's not going anywhere, it's there, you're not going to get rid of it, it is time to address it, to recognize it, and it has more to do with how you think and act on a day-to-day basis, moment by moment by moment. Then you know and so we want you to buy into this whole notion right now that your lizard brain deep 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 inside your brain sitting right on top of the entire system that sends out that sends out information that accepts information through your senses is millions of years old It's a very important point to recognize and this very Highly developed, old, simple brain that's millions of years old has a single purpose. And that is the survival of the individual, you, and the species. And for the most part, ladies and germs, your lizard brain is running the show. It is the ticket taker of all the information that makes it into the rest of your brain, it has a sole purpose and it will win period. It's ancient and it has a single and solitary purpose and that is that you survive. Now if you think about this, what Most of the time that this brain has had to deal with has been the survival of a simple species in a very wild environment, in a highly threatening environment, where on a moment by moment basis, most of the time that this brain has had to deal with, and most of the things that this brain has had to deal with, is not getting eaten not being mated with, to mate, to drink, to survive, to avoid danger, to find comfort, to simply eat, to survive, to drink. One single purpose. Don't be dinner, (laughs) avoid the threats. And it's still doing the exact same thing today And it doesn't know the difference between a saber-toothed tiger and a public offering. It doesn't know the difference between a spider and uh, acceptance of the decline. It doesn't know the difference between limited supply and a rattlesnake. It's all the same danger to the ancient brain, and it's doing the exact same thing that it has been doing for millions of years and it's really good at it and how do we know because you're still here because we as a species are still here and the main reason that we are still here is because of our highly developed reptilian lizard brains so that's the thing to know it is going to survive and the difference is it doesn't know whether it's trying to survive a public speaking moment, a moment where you're standing up at a conference, a moment where you're called on, the moment when you're asked a question at a political debate, a moment in time from from a debate to a saber-toothed tiger, its primary concern is survival. Food, water, safety, sleep, sex, and the most basic and fundamental conditions of life are the concern of your lizard brain.
2: In our next episode, we interview Angela Maharg of Datisfy. She is a Canadian whose journey teaches us a great deal about the reciprocation we require to live as we all aim to live.
1: And it just strikes me how much we have this tendency in our culture to forget that it is reciprocal and you must take care of the other people around you as much as they you want them to take care of you. And just how much of a dynamic, constant exchange that is. And to keep more of it in mind, it's not just about you. If you'd like to know more about influence ecology and our approach, check out our webinar, Ambitious Living, The Eight Defining Principles. The webinar is available globally. We'll teach you the core principles practiced by the most successful and effective men and women we know. This webinar is for those who aspire to an influential life that provides measurable satisfaction for themselves, their family, and their organizations. This webinar is specifically designed for those who don't want to sacrifice a well-balanced life for superior financial rewards. They want it all. To find out more, you can find the link in the show notes for this podcast at influenceecology.com forward slash podcast. That's influenceecology.com forward slash podcast. Or in the US or Canada, you can text the word ambition to 805-262-9008. And we'll send the registration link right to your mobile phone. Again, text the word ambition to 805-262-9008. Also, in our show notes, you'll find all the links to websites, books, or special downloads mentioned in this podcast. If
2: you enjoyed this podcast, please find us on iTunes and subscribe, review, like, and share. Help to get the word out and make this podcast a huge success. Thank you for another great episode of the Influence Ecology podcast. I'm your host, John Patterson. We wish to thank our guest, Dr. Gary Ward for his wisdom. This podcast is made possible by the brilliant work of the Influence Ecology staff, mentors, and members around the world. We're also grateful for co-founder Kirkland Tibbles and his 30 plus years of specialized study and practice that makes all this possible. And finally, thanks to our producer, Jason Kelly and Marcus Bell, Editing and music by Bell Ringer Productions. Music supervision by Dashley LeCorps and Marcus Bell.